0: Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus. Amen. Well, we end our talk, at least on a weekly basis, of, of this thing we've referred to and, and talked about, Crossroads. And I don't know if in the course of these uh, five, six weeks that we've had, whether or not there's ever been a time in, that, in, that, um, in your experience where when you've come to a decision, Or maybe you've thought about it from a little bit different perspective. And that's really perhaps one of the goals that we might have. Is that whether we are making very simple decisions, or especially when we have to face much more challenging decisions, that we might see them from a perspective that has been shared by others. And so as we've had the opportunity to meet with and interview uh, the different characters from Scripture, and then especially those from the Passion story, we've been able to see through their eyes, hopefully, what it means sometimes to, to make those choices. Well, as mentioned, we're speaking about the crossroads of obedience And so we have an opportunity to consider what kind of choices do we have? A, is that something that Jesus also faced? And then B, how do we deal with it? And so tonight we have yet another expert, this time on the crossroads of obedience, who has agreed to be with us. And so let's take a moment and welcome the Apostle John. Well, welcome, John.
1: Well, thank you. Pastor, Thanks for having Pastor me, Pastor Kaiser. Today.
0: A pleasure to welcome you. Do you mind? Shall we go up and? Sure, have let's a seat? have a
1: seat. You know,
0: I I don't know how often you have gotten asked about these things, but one of the things that I know we were just talking about. We just heard the account from Scripture, mm-hmm. and that is, if you could tell us a little bit about that night, that. Monday, Thursday night, what you saw in
1: the garden and perhaps what you learned from Jesus. Well, I, I have to admit, I am almost just embarrassed to be here today. I mean, yeah, I was in the garden with Jesus, but I certainly had no clue what was going on. Certainly didn't understand and certainly was absolutely no help to him that night. Now, we're told that, that he took the three of you
0: Mm-hmm. And he often did that with you and your brother and Peter, and um, he said, "Stay here and then he he went a ways further, mm-hmm. so when he did that, were you still
1: able to see him? Could you see what was going on or not? Sure, he went away to pray as he often did. I mean, he traveled around with us, he would take a few of us as a as a small group, and we would you know we go, we would pray this was you know this was nothing new, but you know this time after Well, we had a Passover meal, we drank wine together, we had that long walk out to the garden, you know, the eyes got heavy, I just couldn't do it, I just could not stay awake and I fell asleep.
0: I imagine that all of us have had the experience, obviously, not nearly what you may have experienced, but, but did you... Have a concept of what was going on with Jesus How significant this night was going to be And the and the agony that he was going through
1: You know not really At least not then you know, At this point in time it was not unusual For Jesus to go off and pray That was normal we did that It happened often Many times Jesus was busy at prayer And we would travel with him We just didn't know, I didn't know what was going on at the garden at that particular time. None of us seemed to realize that. So when would you say
0: it was that you were able to look back and then say, Ah, now I know what was going on there.
1: At the foot of the cross, when he looked down, talked to us, Certainly at the resurrection, after the resurrection. You know, I wish, I wish I could go back and do everything in the garden over again. I wish I could join him in prayer. I wish I could. uh, I just know things would be different now. You know, Jesus, he was facing the most difficult crossroad in his entire life. He was staring at the reality of suffering, looking at the cross. And most terribly, he was facing this alone.
0: Was, um, was this a lot different? I mean I don't know what Jesus was like through all the other times that you had followed him and spent time with him but I would imagine there were times where he came to different crossroads and maybe he was confronted with things like you know do I go this way or do I go that way?
1: Was, was this time much different? Not really You know, Jesus was tempted by Satan often. Many times he was faced with the choice to step away from God's plan for him, from God's plan for us. You know, Satan harassed him over and over again, like he did in the wilderness. Took him up and said to him, bow down and worship me, and all this is going to be yours. You know, he was offered a shortcut that would have taken him away from the cross, away from the suffering. But every single time Jesus sent him away and clung to that path that God had laid out for him. You know,
0: so often what we read, of course, we realize that not every detail is recorded in the scripture. So, you know, we know of the temptation in the wilderness and then of course the garden, but I hear you saying there were many times where Jesus faced that. What does the fact that he chose to choose the way that was going to result in agony, in in pain in in death, what kind of an impact did that have on you that he chose that rather than
1: than his own will? Well, it definitely inspires me, but at the, at the same time, it also convicts me, but surely it must be the same for you and all of you um, i don 't know what, what do you mean by that? <laughs> I, you know, me, John, I'm certainly not unique. i faced the crossroads like Jesus many times in my life. You know, not with the weight of the world on my shoulders facing the cross, but on my own heart. You know, every time I had a conflict over which way I was going to go, you know, I faced that crossroads every time I had that voice in my head saying, look, you know that if you choose to obey God, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. You're going to be hurt. You're going to be excluded. You're going to be scorned. You're going to be persecuted. And the list goes on. But every time I stood at that crossroad, you know, I just have to remember what I saw. Jesus in that garden. And I asked him to stay awake with me and to pray with me and be with me when I faced those choices. So did that happen to you a lot? You know, in those early years, right after Jesus ascended, All of us that follow him face that choice often. We had a choice to make almost daily. Do we follow him? Do we deny him? Do we obey him? Do we disobey him? Certainly, if if we denied him, that was the easy way, right? We could escape all of the the threats and the persecution and the, the death. You know, we were outcast. We were rejected by our friends, in some cases our family and our brothers, and every day threatened with suffering and death. You know, I ask God to help me be faithful in those times. And I encourage others to do the exact same thing, especially when I wrote the book of Revelation. You know, I wrote specifically, do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil's about to throw some of you into jail, some of you for quite some long time. But The encouragement is this, be faithful even to the point of death, and I will give you the crown of life.
0: You know, I um, have read those words, in fact, memorized them. In fact, I don't know how many people out here have Revelation 2.10 as a confirmation verse. Can I hear anybody say amen out there? There's a couple of people. He wrote that, by the way. Anyway, um, but we hear those, but in many times, those are just words. Because we hear your story, we hear about the garden, we hear about the early church, we hear about the persecutions, and we say, we're not persecuted like that.
1: We don't, uh, we don't face that same crossroad. Well, oh, sure, but you and all of us face the same crossroad of obedience every time you confront a choice that asks, will you follow your own way? The way of the world, the way that others push you to. Will you follow the easiest way, the one that won't cause you any pain, or will you follow the way that Jesus would have you go, the way that Jesus would lead you down, you know, the true way of obedience? Well, I I guess when you put it that way, I guess that's something that really happens to us every day then. (laughs) Sure, and that is why we need the power of God and His presence and His Spirit in our life every day. That's what Jesus was doing there in the garden on the cross he was bringing forgiveness and new life to you to me to all of us you know it's by god's power and the sacrifice of jesus that we begin each day new forgiven new and able and empowered to make that choice with god's help that choice of obedience well
0: with all the respect though <laughs> I mean you're an apostle for goodness sake you you ate with Jesus you saw him you you experienced that I mean how are we supposed to find the power and the strength every day
1: with every one of those crossroads fair question I I wrote in my gospel Jesus said abide in me and I in you or remain in me and I will remain in you you know, the same Jesus who struggled there in the garden, the same Jesus who went to the cross. That's the Jesus who's right here in our hearts, who's with us every single day. It's that Jesus, the Jesus of the garden, the Jesus of the cross, who is going to be with us and we face our crossroads every day, and especially those crossroads of obedience.
0: Well, I want to thank you, John, very much for, for being here. You know, you remind us that um, though we haven't seen Jesus like you obviously did, but yet we have the same Jesus within us according to his promise. Absolutely. So, yeah. Thank you. Hey, well, thank, thank you, so much. Yeah. I don't know about you when the last time was when you could not keep your eyes open. For me, it was, the last I can remember was quite a long time ago. I think it was probably last night, actually. Um, (laughs) Sitting in my recliner love seat there, and uh, I don't know if I was watching TV, or I don't know if my wife was talking to me when I couldn't. No, 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 that did not happen. If she was talking to me, I was wide awake. I was wide awake. But you've been there. That feeling of just utter fatigue. Where your eyes literally feel heavy. You just can't keep them open. It sounds like that's exactly what happened with those three apostles. And yet, what is it that causes us to fall asleep like that? Granted, when we're very, very tired, yes, there can be cases. When we are at our extreme physical limit, that we may just not be able to keep our eyes open. But if you're like me, I... Can't say when I get home I'm that physically spent, that exhausted that I shouldn't be able to keep my eyes open. In a lot of cases, it's because whatever I might be engaged with or whatever's around me, I think in some cases it is just not that important to me. And so as I thought of a word that was kind of a contrast with the word obedience, I couldn't help but think of the word apathy. Because it seems to me that that is one of the biggest challenges that Christians today, you and me, who have not seen the Lord in the same way, who have not personally received the command of Jesus to go and make disciples because there are multitudes dying, we kind of hear it, we know it, but are we really engaged? You know, when you are in that kind of state where you can't keep your eyes open, what is it that wakes you up? Maybe sometimes it's, it's a sound. Maybe it's a, a subconscious thing, a warning in your mind. Maybe you think, oh my gosh, I'm late, I fell asleep. And then you are, what, wide awake. And you're ready to act, you're ready to move, you're ready to do what needs to be done. I think that's exactly the feeling that Jesus wants to constantly encourage us to experience. Just like he said to those in the in the garden, watch and pray. Don't get into that part of apathy where it just doesn't seem like it matters. Like, who really cares if we do the right thing? I mean, every time every single day we have to think about what is the right thing to do and how we live our faith? I think Jesus would say, yes. Because otherwise we may fall into temptation. But notice, there was forgiveness for John and James and Peter For Jesus was the one who said, I keep vigilant all the time. I am praying for you. I like what John said there. I don't know if you heard that. Where when he faced those trials and temptations, just like Jesus had asked him to pray for, for Jesus... He said now he turns it around and asks Jesus to pray for him, to intercede for him, to be constantly there to give him that strength. And isn't that what makes the difference in our lives as Christians? We can't do it on our own. We don't have enough willpower. We don't have enough strength. We don't have enough ability to always keep alert But that's why we are promised that it is the Lord who lives within us. We aren't alone. We simply need to have and let the Lord live in us and through us. To stay awake, to be obedient, and to give and bring glory to God. In Jesus' name, amen.